Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. NFL 10 Classic Live Private Draft 2900, Todd from PA selects Todd Gurley. It's my first share in over a month, and we're live. And I always thought it would be fun this year. I had planned on doing it once Fanball started doing live drafts and had a few things in front of it, but uh, we're live. My guest host today is Mike Oliva. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? Uh, it, I, we were talking before the show, and this is going to go fast, folks. This isn't going to be your normal show. We're going we're gonna to definitely get in some uh, talk about live drafts and some of the strategy, but we're also uh, drafting live. Um, so the 12 people on the draft um, are all also on the chat that MFL 10 uh, Fanball has. Uh, Tim Turner has the two-pick. He took Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Keith Gentes, I guess that's how you pronounce it. David Johnson. Orange Slippy took Ezekiel Elliott. Antonio Brown went fifth to FF Nuggets. Mike, you took Alvin and the Chipmunks Camara. Uh, Julio Jones is already off the board at the – that's the, our first real surprise at number seven, Julio over uh, way fall two over uh, Hopkins. Jayhawk Chalk took Barkley, and Hopkins goes in the nine spot. And then uh, fellow uh, BBCC Best Ball Command Center guy uh, Lemays is on the board. And I, I can't listen to his name without hearing that old McCartney song, Baby, I'm amazed at the way you love. Well, no one wants to hear me sing. So we are no. live, Mike, and uh, you're you're an expert at uh, live drafts, I would say, at this point. Uh, how many have you done this year? Um, I believe, I'd have to double check, but I believe this is number 51. So 51 and just to keep people uh, lamazed, um, uh, Kareem Hunt was taken by Lemaze. Joker 1VT took Leonard Fornication. Uh, hopefully he doesn't get effed. Um, sorry. Every time I hear that. And uh, B. Woodward is our 12th uh, person. He's on the board right now, and he'll be making two choices. Kind of worked out good that I got the first pick so that I could – uh, yap and yammer uh, for most of the time make two quicks uh, two quick picks um, it's very interesting when you're doing uh, live drafts Mike uh, tell us some of the key things that you like to focus on uh, while while the live draft is going I guess the big thing is how quickly they move and how easy it is to make a mistake 
Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things. And I think that happens to, you know, people who are, who are new to live drafts. Um, but it also happens to people who, who do a lot. I mean, as I said, I've done, you know, 50 at this point. And I've made panic picks. I've timed out. Um, you know, I've, I've been sitting there and, and been trying to read news and, and, and figure stuff out. And all of a sudden, the minute goes. I mean, that's the thing. A minute is not a long time. And if you're not prepared for your pick, um, you know, a minute doesn't leave you a lot of time to, to think through strategy. It's true. It's, it's very true. And uh, since uh, then, uh, Odell Beckham went 112, Melvin Gordon 2-1, Michael Thomas 2-2, Dalvin Cook 2-3, Keenan Allen 2-4. That's all pretty close to ADP. Um, and Jayhawk is on the clock, and he's down to 26 seconds. And, you know, absolutely. I mean, it is it, – it can go quick. And uh, speaking of which, Mike, uh, once Jayhawk picks, uh, you're going to be up again in two picks. Who do you got your eye on? Or maybe you shouldn't say. We got some people in the league uh, listening, I'm sure. Um, well, I mean, I'm going to get one of my guys. So it doesn't really matter to me uh, now that he's taken Gronk. Um, basically, I'm looking you, at you. Adam you were going to take Gronk? No. Um, or or Gronk, Gronk opened it up so that you would get one of your guys. Exactly. You're so my Devontae Ad. Oh boy. Devontae went. Mm-hmm. So uh, you definitely got my favorite guy to take at this point in the draft. Let's see who you take. You took Christian McCaffrey. And I've been taking a lot of A.J. Green. I think that he is a – he's one of those – you know, he was the first-round pick each of the last two years. They had an off year in that offense, and sure enough, A.J. Green went next. Um, So this is is fun. It's moving fast. Now, I need to focus because I'm only three picks away, so let me take a look. And while I'm doing that – um, you know, the most important thing about a live draft, Mike, I think, is that they're fun. Talk about how fun this is right now. I know you were pretty excited about this idea of live podcasting while doing a live draft. And and one of the reasons I can do that, I think, you know, both of us can, is because we know ADP so well, uh, because we are high-volume players, or else I wouldn't do it during. But go ahead, talk about fun while we wait for the orange man to um, maybe time out here. Ten seconds. I I think they're so much fun. Um, I I think one of the best parts of it is because it's so quick, it's really unpredictable. Um, And I think for me that's one of the things I really enjoy is that you don't know what's going to happen. There is no way you're going to be able to say, you know, this is what's going to happen. Typically the first two or three rounds are true to form, but in reality, once you get past the third or fourth round, you just see some crazy things. And sometimes it's panic picks. Sometimes it's guys reaching for their guy. Um, You just see a lot of very strange things. And it makes it fun because no draft is the same. Um, Yep. I just, uh, I just made two picks. Sorry, Mike. I just made two picks. I got, took Mike Evans and Jarek McKinnon. Typically, I would have taken Mixon, and, and this is where being a, a live draft, I saw Evans there. I, I haven't been taking a lot of him, but at the turn, I think he's a value. 
And so I had been taking a lot of mixing, but I decided to mix it up a little bit and take McKinnon because I'm underweight on him. So um, there's my, my, you know, there's the first time if I had gotten a chance to think, I might have gone McKinnon and Mixon there. That's interesting. I mean, I'm very, I'm very low on Mixon this year. I, I don't think I have any shares in over 125 leagues. That's crazy. Um, I, I know. I just, I, he's the only guy I'm a full fade on this year. To be frank, I, I, I think he's the only guy. Well, why would um, I want to be frank? My name's Todd. <laughs> I think in the top fifty, I think he's the only guy I, I have zero shares of, and and I'm okay with that. Um, I, I just don't believe he is a late second, early third round pick. I, I just don't. And I disagree. I, I, I think that they're. I think they're, they're. You know, they proved last year they want him to be the lead back. Um, I think the offense is going to be better with a better offensive line. And uh, he was scoring good before he got hurt. So we'll disagree on that one. Um, are you up again? Yep, you're on the clock. Um, just to give everyone. Uh, after uh, we're getting some surprises here, Diggs at three two, Kelsey at three three, Mixon lasted all the way to three four, uh, Geis went three five. That's a little bit earlier than he normally goes, and Adam raised the Thielen is uh, three six. That's about where Mr. Thielen goes to Mike C. Oliva. Do you want to talk about the Thielen pick and a little bit about Geis going uh, that early? Yeah, I mean, I love Thielen this year. I think his routes that, that he's best at um, really fit Cousins and Cousins' strengths. And I, I honestly think that he and Diggs are both going to have very, very good years with Cousins. Um, you know, not knocking Case Keenum. He had a really good year last year. But Cousins is a far superior quarterback. And given the years that Thielen and Diggs had with Keenum, I think there's just room. There's just unlimited upside for both of them with cousins. Um, yeah, to touch I, on I, I, quickly. Go ahead. I was just gonna to just touch on guys quickly. Um, it is a little earlier to see him go three five, but frankly, I'm not that opposed to it. I, I think that with the exception of Barkley, uh, he will be the the rookie that makes the most impact. I think he's going to lock down the early down. Uh, goal line role in Washington. Um, you know, they're going to baby Chris Thompson because, you know, he's valuable, but he's very injury prone. So I think he's a guy who's a lot for 200 touches. Um, you know, some receptions, they've talked about him being good catching the ball, and he's definitely going to be the goal line guy. So I don't hate it at 3 5. It's one of those things where if you don't think he's going to be there for the next pick, I'm cool with it. Uh, just sent you a note. And uh, since the last uh, pick, T.Y. Hilton, Tyreek Hill, Mark Ingram, 3-9 a little earlier than he's been going. Zach uh, Ertz so good. Amari Cooper at 3-11. McCoy only makes it to 3-12. It's going to be real interesting to see how far he slides. Uh, but right there, he didn't slide far. Derrick Henry at 4-1. Jay Ajayi at 4-2. And boy, the the running back uh, the running backs are flying off the board, right, Mike? They really are. I mean, it's important to note that McCoy was an auto pick. Um, so, oh. well, speaking yeah. of so which, I'm going to use that as a segue. 
one of the advantages of live drafting is a lot of times, especially if you sign up for the 8 p.m. or the 10 p.m., people think that they are going to uh, get there, and they don't. Uh, give me an idea, since you've done about 50 of these, Mike, um, and you're up in two picks. Uh, give me an idea of how many auto drafts that you seem to get. We're not going to get them because this is a private draft. Everyone signed up. They were excited about the podcast. But uh, give me a sense of how many people auto draft in a normal live draft that you do. I'd say typically one or two. I've seen as high as three. Um, occasionally everyone will show, but almost always one or two are on auto. And frankly, I've never seen an auto team that wasn't dead money. So, I mean, yeah. that's an advantage. To- and, that, and that was my point, that one of the advantages, and there's advantages and disadvantages of doing live drafts. And while we're going to try and keep everyone updated on the live draft, make our picks, we also are going to give you strategies that will help you and talk about why doing live drafts on Fanball are both fun and a little bit treacherous. It can be treacherous. Um, and definitely, uh, I did one a, a couple days ago where I did have three. And then one guy who was an auto draft came in and he was out. So, you know, for your ROI, that's one reason why these live drafts can be good for your ROI. I would say another reason it could be good for your ROI, if you come prepared, Mike, is, you know, things do move so quickly um, and you're on the clock, is uh, that it's pretty easy to make mistakes. While Mike's making his pick, uh, 4-3 was Larry Fitzgerald, 4-4 Josh Gordon, Kenyon Drake, who's been sliding a little, to 4-5, Deion Lewis to 4-6, and that's earlier than we've been seeing Mr. Lewis and the running back frenzy in this draft is at a, a pretty high uh, ratio. And with me having two under my belt, I don't mind that too much. Um, did, who did you take, uh, Mike? I missed that. I went with Allen Robinson. I, I think he's got a lot of upside in Chicago this year. I think that was a very good pick. And then Aaron uh, Rodgers went in the fourth round, which is Uh, Again, so as we go through this, you'll notice me saying this guy went earlier, this guy went earlier. Um, It's about the fifth or sixth guy um, that have gone earlier than you normally see them, and that's another advantage of doing live drafts, wouldn't you say, Mike? I completely agree. Um, You know, because it's a live draft, it's not one of those things where you can check ADP and and, and check, you know, ADP over the last two weeks. you know, I, I've done so many that I've basically memorized recent ADP. I have an idea of where everyone's going, um, so it's kind of effortless. Um, but I, I do know that it, it's definitely a struggle, you know, and you'll see people grab guys. Uh, sometimes it's out of panic, and sometimes it's because, you know, they just don't realize they're going to be there around later. Absolutely. And, um, and, and that's one of the beauties of it. Um, I've got two guys that I wanted, and both of them are there, which is always nice. Uh, well, let's see. Did both of them make it? Well, Alshon made it. And, and when some people go early, it means other people go late. You normally don't see Alshon at the end of the fourth round, so I will take him. 
looking at uh, Golden Tate and Marvin Jones and Juju. Juju's a guy I I, really, I just never seem to get him. Maybe it's because I don't get the first pick in drafts. I would say it's between him and Alex Collins, who I don't have a lot of. Oh, Rashad Penny fell. I don't normally take a lot of Penny, but at 5-1, he is a good value. So I will take a Rashad Penny share. So um, sitting back and saying this guy went early, this guy went early, then I was able to sit back and take two guys that I normally don't get because uh, they, they were around when they normally aren't. And and that's a, a big part of doing live drafts, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think that's the exact, the, the, the perfect thing. Like, for example, Rashad Penny is never going to go in the fifth round in a slow draft. It just doesn't happen. Um, but in a live draft, I I think all of my Penny shares have come in the fifth round. Um, you know, and that's something that happens in live drafts that doesn't happen in slow drafts because there is that, that time crunch. Another thing that that you have to keep an eye on, I think, as you go, is your roster construction. Mike, you and I, and Mike Beers, we've you know we all have talked a lot about roster construction. I think it's important to keep an eye on your construction and start thinking ahead. Lately, I've been finding more wide receivers that I like late, and so if I only want to take seven. Um, then you know maybe the tiebreaker goes against wide receiver early. I, this draft is different because I do have the first pick, so I've got three running backs and two uh, wide receivers at this point. Um, it's just a, a tip, um, again, because you want to still do all the blocking and tackling we do in normal MFL 10s during a live draft. Uh, and if you do that, you're going to have more of an advantage because some people aren't going to have the mindset to do that. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I absolutely do. And, you know, it's one of the things I actually do. Um, and I was very happy that Marvin Jones fell to me right there. He's he's one of my I, I my have almost guys. no Marvin. So it's funny he's, how you and I, we agree on a lot of things, but already we've got two things that are very different. But go ahead. Yeah, if you've seen my – I've posted my exposure on Twitter often, and Marvin Jones is one of my top five guys. Um, I love him. I, I think he's a wide receiver one that's going in the fifth round. Um, but uh, so w- what was the, the question before we kind of went on the Marvin Jones tangent? Um, I don't remember. And I guess we'll blame that on uh, <laughs> live drafts. I, uh, I, what I was, someone asked if they'd be able to listen to the podcast after. So I typed in yes. So I'm running yeah. a chat with the people who are doing the draft, who are nice <laughs> enough to join us. Some experts, some you know, less than experts, and and that that's a point we'll talk about here, uh, Mike. In in regular MFL tens, it seems like you get a lot of the same guys picking, and uh, you know you're in the draft with like the same five or six guys. It seems like all the time. I notice when I do live drafts, it seems to not only get um, different people, but it gets at times people who like live drafting, but they're not that big into MFL 10s in general, which is another advantage of doing live drafts. I couldn't agree more. Um, One of the things that I do 
is when I'm drafting, I always have the draft board open on the tab next to me. So I can That's see what I did. Yep. What everybody has helps me figure out who might be going in the next, you know, in between my picks. Um, and a lot of times you'll see just terrible roster construction and you can tell it's people that aren't familiar with the format. Um, you know, somebody will start out with, they'll be in the 15th round and they have one running back. And, you know, at that point it's dead money. You know, there's no way you can win. Um, and, and that's just a lot. It's basically an experience. And I think a lot of people jump in because it's a lot of drafts. It's only $10. It's a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, the reality is if you're not prepared and you don't have a good strategy, um, you're really at a disadvantage. The downside, one of the downsides of live drafting is, you know, this one's moving really quick. I mean, we're at 820 and it, we're already in the sixth round. And just to catch people up from the last pick, um, we had, uh, let's see, Alex Collins after me, Golden Tate, Sony Michelle, Juju, Marvin Jones, Lamar Miller, Watkins, Tevin Coleman. All this is really pretty good value. Crabtree, Woods, Hyde just went at 512. I didn't see if that was an auto pick. Um, it was. But that, that, that's early. Edelman at 6-1, another, uh, might have been another auto pick. Royce Freeman, uh, Ronald Jones, and Deshaun Watson at 6-4. I mean, there's a couple guys on the board here that I would just be really, really satisfied to get. Uh, but I'm still five or six picks away, including you. So I'm not going to get my hopes up too much yet. Um, yeah, so, uh, but one of the downsides of, of uh, you're up, Mike. Uh, one of the downsides of doing these drafts is that you can't do anything else, really, right? You know, the great thing about a normal MFL 10 is you can take your time. And, um, by the way, we just lost Engram and Graham, and you're up at 6'7". Um, you can do a lot of things and still be in MFL 10s. A live draft, you really do need an hour to an hour and a half. And I find you took Chris Hogan. Wow, we are really on different pages, my friend. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, like, I like him too. But uh, anyway, uh, let's see. What was my point I was making? Sorry, folks. But the point is that it can get a little boring sitting there for an hour and a half, especially if the draft is moving slower. And we, lo and we just had Rex Burkhead go at 6'8", which is very early as well. The running backs are flying off the board, and uh, this is a lot of fun. And uh, if you talk to me from the chat in the draft, I definitely will try and get to you. Uh, just don't do it now because I'm one pick away. Russell Wilson... And Corey Davis, who I had my – he was one of the guys I had my eye on. So let's see if the other guy makes it. If not, I'm going to really be scrambling. Nope, Tarek Cohen went. So that means I get Greg Olson for my first pick. But And here's a little strategy tip. If you want to save some time and you're on the, the turn um, at the end of the sixth round, um, let the first uh, go with Olson. And let the clock go down. It's at 39 seconds while I look, and that'll give me a little extra time. And you got to also, uh, it's much quicker, you know, because ADP isn't perfect, especially at running back. The ADP 
on the site isn't as accurate. So you, you always want to click on running back to see who's there. Now I'm going to take Olsen at 17 seconds, and that gives me another full minute to figure out who my second player is. Mike, talk about something. <laughs> um, no, I actually think that uh, one of the things to kind of avoid that panic pick is I like to, to put at least five to eight people in my queue, um, kind of the guys I'm targeting for my next pick. So, you know, I'm up in two, four, six picks. So, you know, right now I've got six guys in my queue, um, all of whom I'd be happy to get uh, with my next pick. Um, it does two things. One, it prevents you from having that panic of trying to figure out who you want. And two, if for some reason you do timeout, uh, your auto pick is actually going to be someone you want and not the highest ADP guy, which is usually not ideal. Yep. I took um, Pierre Garçon, who I really liked this year, uh, at 7-1. Um, there was another wide receiver I also liked that could have doubled up at uh, – at tight end and uh, then been done with tight end for a while, but I didn't. So mini wide receiver run Garcon cup and Funches going right there. Let me go over to the notes. Um, and I did talk about this a little bit from my article. If you follow articles and pods like mine, where high volume players are often sharing key strategies. I believe those strategies, disciplines, and preparation give an even larger advantage than in regular drafts. Now, we kind of touched on that a little, Mike, but hit on that point a little more. Yeah, I think if you have a good strategy, if you understand roster construction, I mean, all of those types of things, um, you know, because of the time crunch, I, I think it, it it's just incredibly advantageous. I mean, if you're trying to, to – if, if you don't have a strategy for roster construction and you're trying to do it on the fly with a minute per pick, it's never going to work out. You're going to make panic picks. You're going to end up with two running backs in the 14th round. Um, you need to go in and have a strategy of how you want to build your team and, you know, and, and stick to it. Um, obviously, you want to roll with the punches and, and go with what the draft gives you, but you want to have an underlying strategy of this is what I want to do, you know, and, and, and work around it, kind of like a framework. Yep. And um, uh, let's go to the chat where Joker1VT, who on Twitter is known as JMVT77. You can follow him. Uh, he said, T talking roster construction, it's very helpful keeping the draft board open. In another tap, uh, you can also guess what the other guys need when thinking who may or may not make it back to. Great point, even more important than in uh, – Mike cut on that a little bit, but Joker adding that thought, I agree. I can't do it while I'm talking and doing everything else today, um, but I think it's a great thing. Speaking of roster construction, at this point, Mike, you're at two running backs and – Four. Oh, you just took uh, your first tight end, Delaney Walker. So you're at two four one at this point. Uh, feel good with that? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of running backs I like in the eight to thirteen, eight to fourteen range. Um, well, <laughs> 
So, you know, if I get to that with two or three running backs, I'm usually pretty happy. Devin Funches, 7-3, Nick Chubb, 7-4, Kyle, uh, the Reindeer Rudolph at 7-5, Delaney is Mike uh, Took at 7-6, Chris Thompson, who I've been in full avoid mode of at 7-7, Will Fuller of himself at 7-8, and uh, we're uh, we're moving, man. We're, we are kicking some serious tail. Tom Brady, 7-9. I talk about it every podcast, but what a great value. I mean, I'm seeing quarterbacks drop in a lot of live drafts. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Deshaun Watson. Um, he's not someone I'm going to use a fifth-round pick on. But recently, I've been getting him in the eighth round in a lot of drafts. And he has been falling. In the, in the eighth round, I am very happy with him. Um, you know, so we're seeing quarterbacks drop, you know, Brady, Deshaun in the eighth, Cam and Breeze in the ninth. Um, I, I just think those are great values. Yep. Tim Turner mentioned in the draft that he loves his wide receivers. Uh, let's go through Tim's lineup. He went Levy and Bell at two, Baldwin at the end of the second, Diggs early third, Cooks in the fourth, uh, Collins in the fifth, Tarek Cohen in the sixth, and Cup in the seventh. I mean, it's not my team, uh, but that could be a good thing for Tim. Uh, I know he's a very smart guy. Um, that's his team at this point. We'll try and take a, a, a view. Wow, Dez just went in the seventh round. I'm going to guess that was an auto pick. It was. I don't know. It was. So, again, you're, you're, as this draft is going, and these guys aren't even podcasting, you see how easy it is for that minute clock to uh, to go. So all the more, guys, if you're going to do these live drafts and you want a nice advantage that could puff up your ROI, be prepared. You know, really know where you want to go. Knowledge is power, and the more you know, the better you can do. So uh, we're now in the eighth round. Um, <laughs> Tim, Tim doesn't like that I'm not crazy about his team. Sorry, buddy. Uh, but, that, you know, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I try and be nice, but I also try and be honest, and sometimes the two are opposed. Uh, but um, one thing I do know is that I, I, I can be wrong. So uh, we got that. you got that going for you. So some other strategies to consider. Make sure you really have the time and the concentration to do the live draft. We've kicked on that a little bit. This is from my article that will be on Fanball. Things move quick, and it is much easier even for experts to make mistakes if they get distracted. Focus in and make sure you won't be distracted during the draft. Mike, take that away. I'm going to start looking at who might be there. Oh, you're up in one pick. You're on the clock. Do you know who you want? Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, since Brady at 7-9, we had Manny Sanders at 7-10. O.J. Howard at 7-11. There's one that you just aren't going to see in most uh, drafts. By, you know, you, three rounds difference. Uh, Dez and Duke Johnson, Drew Brees, carry on my wayward Johnson at 8-3. That's a good, very good uh, spot for him. Aaron Jones at 8-4. 
Uh, that's a little high for him considering the suspension. Goodwin at uh, 8-6. Carson, oh, Carson just went. Was that you? That was me. Carson just went. Uh, tell us why you like Carson Wentz uh, coming off the ACL uh, in the seventh. You know, oh, actually, actually it's eight. It was eight seven. Um, honestly, eight. I, I'm sorry, you're right. Eight seven. In the mid eighth, I, I love the upside. He was, um, I believe, the QB three in points per game last year. Um, you know, it, it's a high volume passing attack. Uh, I just. He gives you some running ability. Uh, I think he will. They've talked about the fact that he's not going to change his style of play. Um, So you're going to get another 300 rushing yards out of him. Um, I I just think the upside's great for him. And in the eighth round, I'm really happy to take him. Yeah, so that – all right. So we're in the 93rd pick. I'm up 96. There's a couple fruits hanging out on the vine that I would be just infinitely in love with if I can get there. Uh, Randall Cobb went at 8'8". He's a guy I haven't taken a lot of. You know, injury history, uh, some other things. Kirk Cousins at 8'9". That's that's right around where Kirk should go. Um, Let's see, Marlon Mack at 8'10". One more pick to me getting the guy that I want. And uh, let me hold my breath. <gasps> Tim's up, so I probably won't get him. Let's see. Son of a bitch. Tim took Cam <laughs> Newton at 811. That's great friggin' value. And I had Greg Olson, so all the more I really wanted him. Uh, I'm going to take Marshawn. And uh, I think Marshawn is someone I don't own enough of, and he's been going earlier lately. So I'm happy to take him there. That gives me four running backs. Um, I could take a fifth and really just be done with running back. I think this is good value. Let me look at my buys. I got two with seven, so I can't take a seven. Um, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take C.J. Anderson. Who? C.J. Uh, Anderson or Jamal Williams. C.J. Anderson or Jamal Williams. I've got so much C.J. Anderson lately. Uh, well, Jamal's a seven, so that's why looking at your buys is important. Um, I'm going to take C.J. Anderson. So now I've got five running backs, so watch all the value the rest of the way, be it running back. Uh, and me kicking myself every round. But, uh, you know, Tim, Jesus. <laughs> I, I I could feel Cam Newton coming to me at 8-12. I would have just – and having Olsen, that would have been awesome. But good good job, Tim. It just shows you if you podcast and have someone in the draft with you, don't put his team down when he picks right before you. <laughs> Anybody who's followed my podcast knows that I got a lot of cam this year. That would have been uh, that would have been epic. But uh, uh, let's talk about my running backs: Todd Gurley, Jarek McKinnon, Rashad Penny, Marshawn Lynch, and C.J. Anderson. I, I could see myself taking a six there, but that's still pretty strong, wouldn't you say? Honestly, with those, I, I would not take a six. Um, I'm 
pretty happy going with those five. Um, I think you're yeah. going to get two good performances a week, uh, possibly three with as a flex. So that's one of those things where when you have if you have five before the the tenth, um, typically that's where I would stop. Um, I usually only go six if I'm, you know, in the situation I am now where I've got two here in the ninth. I'm probably going to go six because I don't have those early round studs. Yep, yep. And uh, now there's the long wait. Well, because one of the negatives of getting girly and one of the reasons I'd rather have the fourth pick and take whichever running back falls to me is that uh, this is one of the areas where we really see a lot of good value go off the board, I think. Um, well, let's see. Let's see. So Jordy just went, Aguilar before that, Trey Burton, who's been really flying up the board lately, uh, went at 9-2. Um, I'm really torn on Trey Burton. On one hand, he certainly is the guy in that offense, that has the Kelsey role, but at the same time, he's not Kelsey. I know he has some talent, but he's definitely not Kelsey, and I think it can be a mistake at times. that we. I think at times we impugn too much into situations and how they're similar, and we forget sometimes that, you know, people play their studs, uh, you know, in other words, is that coach really a tight end guy, a huge tight end guy, or is he just, you know, he had Kelsey, so he used him all the time? Yeah, I, I one of the things with Burton is that I think we're all extrapolating the Kelsey performance and saying, well, you know, Kelsey was fantastic, Burton's a good athlete, and, you know, he should thrive. But, you know, we, we've seen time and time again that, just because somebody has athletic ability doesn't mean that they're going to thrive in a specific role. You know, how many times have we seen a, a wide receiver two who gets thrust into a wide receiver one role and just struggles? Um, so I think exactly. that's, that's, that's something that's, you need to You just encapsulated my point. I, you know, when he was in the 10th, 11th round, I thought he was fair value. Now I think – I, it's not that I don't think he has upside above that, but I do think that um, there's a chance that he's being drafted, you know, near the top of his range of outcomes. I completely agree. I mean, he's going at, I believe, tight end eight, something along those lines. Um, you know, that, that's, that's really tough for me. Um, you know, it's really tough for me to put him right around that tier with Delaney Walker and Kyle Rudolph. You know, those are two guys with track records. Um, it's really hard for me to put Burton in that group. All right, let's update the draft. Uh, Nelson Aguilar I mentioned at uh, 9-3, Jordy at 9-4. I can I move this? No, it's we're at the part of the draft where the latest pick is blocking uh, who's being picked. Jamal uh, Williams, you took Stafford. That's a, a, a nice stack. Boy, the, the tight ends are coming off way early in this thing. Kittle in the yeah. ninth, 
Doyle in the ninth is about right. Uh, Reed at uh, early tenth is about right. But Njoku, uh, early, uh, boy, same guy who took O.J. Howard took Njoku. Both of them early. Um, it could work out for him. But uh, you know, I, you know, I come from the uh, a different way of doing things. Crowell uh, went to Jayhawk. Um, Lemay's uh, Parker. And then came back the other way with Big Ben, Jimmy Garoppolo, and then Ninjoku uh, for Joker. And uh, Mr. Woodward uh, doesn't have Bernstein with him, but he took Shepard and Reed at the corner. And uh, we're, in, uh, the, we're in the 10th round. So it's 840, and we're in the 10th round. I set this up to be an hour-and-a-half podcast, and I think we're going to get it done, don't you? Yeah, I think it's moving. And, you know, when you get – Towards the later rounds, I think people tend to go quicker because, you know, there really isn't that much to think about, uh, you know, in the 16th and 17th, uh, especially when you get towards the end and everyone's just taking their defenses. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it, it picks up in the last four or five rounds, whereas, you know, yeah, now but, and earlier on, a lot to think about. Absolutely. So, one, two, you're up next. Uh, boy, I wish I could predict that you're on the clock. So Robbie Anderson went in the 10th round. Kenny Stills in the 10th. Marquise Lee in the 10th after Ben. Um, really like the Stills and Anderson picks. And, uh, boy, the chat's been flying. Uh, again, 22 picks until I pick. Good chance he doesn't get back to me. Plus, I'm done at the position. So, Joker justifying his tight end strategy. We will we will just disagree on that one. But um, you know, he certainly picked young, talented tight ends. I can't say that he didn't. Timo at ten seven, and uh, I, I would have loved Timo, but not with five running backs ready. So it's good to see him come off the board, and. Uh, See. Hines, wow, that's another good one for me. Ten eight, and uh, but you know he's uh, with the news that Demarco Murray retired. Um, very very good. Uh, so then Andrew Luck and Devonte Booker. I am up next. Um, this is typically where I start looking at quarterback, and uh, or the last round if Newton hadn't been. Uh, stabbed into my heart at the last moment. Richard Matthews. So, all right, let's look at the quarterbacks on the board. I'll go take you through my process. Rivers is a guy I would draft. Goff, no. Mariota, uh, yes. Mahomes, yes. Ryan, yes. So do I, I go and I look. I have Mike Evans, Alshon Jeffrey, and Garcon. Nope, I can't stack any of them. So I definitely need at least one quarterback now. The best one to me is clearly Rivers. So I am going to take Phillip Rivers, and then I'm going to look at the rest of the board. Kelvin Benjamin, round 11. Boy, that, that's some pretty good value sitting there. Or I could take a second quarterback. Um, if I wait on quarterback, I, I'm going to trust that I'm going to get wide receivers later. So I'm going to, it's between Mariota and Mahomes. I've got 37 seconds. I will go to my best ball command center and look at my ownership. I own 13 on Mariota. 
I own 13 on Mahomes. Boy, that's a uh, look at Rivers is an 8. Uh, Mariota's an 8. So the, I can't draft Mariota. That makes it Mahomes. I could go Ryan. No, Ryan's an 8 too. It's Mahomes. All right, so Rivers and Mahomes, I normally am a two-quarterback guy, and I got both of them there. And you see the process that I use when I'm, uh, I talk about my tiers and drafting in tiers. I had about four guys. pretty cl- Well, Rivers was on a higher tier, so that was easy. But first I looked to see if there's any stacking opportunities within a tier. There weren't. And then I look at um, – then I look at uh, Mahomes, and uh, t- Tim thought I. Now I guess I got Tim back. Uh, Rivers was his guy. You know, wouldn't have taken him if you hadn't taken Newton, Tim. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and that's something else I can do with the Best Ball Command Center. If someone pisses me off, I can go on, check their username, and see who they like. And if it's, I'm not going to hurt myself to help. Uh, to get at someone, but if, you know, again, I use different criteria within tiers. Um, If I see you like a guy and you sniped me, there's a very good chance it's coming back the other way. So be very, very careful (laughs) sniping me in drafts. Um, Take it away, Mike, for a second while I look up the next point. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out here where I'm going. Uh, I'm set at the quarterback position. I don't see any value at tight end right now. Uh, so that puts me squarely in running back and wide receiver. Running back's a little bit more of a priority because I think there's more value for wide receiver late. Um, and given the fact that I have Stafford and Jones, I'm going to throw Theo Riddick in there and get a little bit of a Detroit stack going on. Yep. All right. So uh, Theo Riddick off the board. And uh, some really interesting conversation on the chat. And that's something, again, you don't see chat in regular drafts, but in a live draft, chats are a lot of fun. In fact, we did a live one with Mike Beers recently where we did a hangout and uh, Curtis Patrick and a lot of really good drafters were in it. It, it sucked perfectly. Uh, you know, it was, it was the most fun and the most pain I've had in a draft this year because there was no value. Um, So those are some nice points about uh, live drafts. The next point um, I want to cover is, you know, what you don't want to be doing during – we've talked about this a little, but don't do what I'm doing now, folks. Do not try this at home and do something else (laughs) while you're drafting. Um, I think my team's coming out pretty good, but if you're an average drafter, don't don't get – don't do something else while you're doing these drafts. I think we covered that a little bit already, Mike. Any last thoughts on not being distracted? Yeah, I mean, like I've done so many of these that I basically have ADP over the last two weeks memorized. Um, so I, I don't need to look it up, things like that. So I can kind of function and be a little distracted. Um, but even – even myself who's done so many of these, if I'm distracted, if I'm doing something else, if I'm, if I have TV going on in the background, um, you know, I, I've made panic. I've timed out and, you know, you don't want to do that. So if you're going to do a live draft, 
make sure you've got an hour, hour and a half, and you can just sit and focus and, you know, look at the draft board, see what other people are doing, follow your strategy. Um, you know, it's not a good idea to just wing it and, you know, zone out until it tells you that you're on deck. Um, that's a good way to lose $10. Yep, so after my pick um, of Mahomes, Mariota went to Tim. That was a good pick. Um, all things equal, I would have taken Mariota, but, again, uh, with uh, the buy being the same, that's something you got to look at, especially at quarterback. James Chalky White uh, went next to Keith. Jacksonville, we saw our first defense at 11-4. And uh, Mr. Crablegs himself, Jameis Winston, just went at 12-something or other. D.J. Moore, a little early for him in the 11th, uh, but certainly has the talent and the opportunity. Theo Riddick, you took. Matt Ryan, very good pick for uh, Wayfall, too. Um, butchered that. Uh, Gio Bernard, who I'm, I'm on Mixon. I'm not on Bernard, so... Uh, if you if you guess right on that one, you you did really good. Bam took uh, Donta Foreman, a player I really like, but uh, definitely has risk in the uh, where he took him in the 11th though near the end. I think that's a good pick. Kelvin Benjamin at 11:10, very good pick for Lemay's. Corey Clement, Joker took um, definitely a guy who's got some opportunity. Goff at the end of that round. Martavis at 12-1, Josh Stockson, Charles Clay, Calvin Ridley, Mr. Crablegs, and Alan Hearns. Good pick for Waif Ball. Alan Hearns uh, going to be my pick. Was he? You got sniped, and you're on yeah, now. He was, he was definitely my guy. He never falls to the mid-12. Yeah, I, I never see him because he's always gone before I would take him. Um, but you know, he certainly, you could argue him in the eighth, ninth round. I, I couldn't argue it. Um, so I probably should own more. Uh, let's see. Oh, fuck. Oops, sorry, folks. Uh, Kenny Galladay just got taken at 12-7. A couple picks before me. I've been, was that you? That was me. Ah, oh, you bastard. Uh, good, <laughs> great pick. Great pick. Um, we agree on that one. And you got yeah. now you got the Stafford, Jones, Galladay. I love that. Great job, Mike. Um, you got Stafford and with with both of them on a week to week basis. And if you, um, boy, I got to try that in some drafts. I don't take too much uh, Stafford, but uh, that that that's a really strong pick. Uh, followed by Meredith, another strong pick. I've only got three wide receivers, so watching the wide receivers come off right now is um, <laughs> Tim Turner. Please discuss getting your wife to shut up during a draft. I'll take my questions off the air. Thanks. Um, oh, my gosh. I, 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 my wife is in the Dominican Republic for a month or two, so uh, she could try to bother me during a live draft, but I, I, I got the power finally, but uh, – that is that is hilarious. Uh, that's the that's quote amazing. of the draft so far. Um, <laughs> Orange m might get uh, auto-drafted again if he's not. Uh, let's see. FF Nuggets. 
yeah, you took all the running backs, I'm taking all the wide receivers. I guess that's fair. Um, you should be listening to the podcast, Mr. Nuggets. Um, and I'm two picks away. Keel and Cole, was that a – that had to be a – No. Keel and Cole an auto pick? Nope. Oh, Okay. A uh, little early for Mr. Cole. Let's see who did that. I have an idea. Nope, it was Orange Slippy. Uh, let's look at his team. Zeke, Jordan Howard, Mixon, very strong. Landry, a little early. Michelle, four good running back. Davis, oh, I love the Corey Davis pick. Chubb, Cousins, Nelson, Luck. Pretty good team. Don't love the Cole pick, but pretty good team. Richardson just went, which was the other guy I was looking at. Frank Gore, so now I'm up. Is there any wide receivers left? Well, Stanu. That's an easy one. I'll take Stanu. Uh, boy, I don't I don't love Deshaun Jackson or Ted Ginn. Carson, Prescott, Brait, Eifert. I could take my second tight end. In fact, I'm going to reach a little bit and get... Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to take Jared Cook. So I now have two tight ends, Greg Olson, Jared Cook. I got four wide receivers, but my wide receivers are pretty good. It's Evans, Jeffrey, Garcon, and Sanu. Uh, and with my strong running uh, backs and decent quarterbacks, uh, I, I think I got a pretty good team. Uh, let's see. Pat yourself on the back, much Todd. Lemay's. <laughs> uh, who was your? Who was the pick that Lemay's thinks is the best pick so far? Um, Arn Slippy says that Keelan Cole's the Jacks' number one wide receiver. Um, okay, if you say so. I I I'm think really that. I think it's uh, pin the tail on the donkey to see who's going to be the number one wide. I think Lee's the number one wide receiver there, to be honest. But uh, I think it's Lee, but I, I refuse to touch any of them. Yeah, I, I, I made a point that uh, I think that uh, I think that uh, Westbrook is getting very interesting because you start seeing him in the seventeenth, eighteenth round. You know, he was a hard pass for me earlier, but. Uh, He's a big play guy. Um, I, I don't mind some shares of him that late. Uh, we're not even close to that late. Uh, who took Gore that early? Tim Turner pointing it out. Mike Williams just went. Uh, that's a good pick. Ebron, Ginn, Mike Williams. So a little mini run on the, the third-tier wide receivers. Anthony Miller, there's uh, for the Nuggets. Um a lot of people. Wow. Know him. What's your What's your take on Anthony Miller and him going that early? Um, it's a little too early for me, but I do like him. I do want to say I cannot believe the guy I wanted fell to me here. I thought I okay, was going to get sniped. Let me look real quick. You got thirty six seconds. Let me look at your team. You got four running backs. You got five. I'm going to guess you're going to look for a tight end. ASJ or Bray? Nope. The number two receiver and what's going to be a very high-volume passing attack this year because their defense is oh, going to be Tyler terrible. Lockett. Tyler Lockett, yep. very good pick. I almost took him with my pick. But that when I Remember when I stopped right before the cook pick and I said, wait, 
that it was the, the I, weight. The weight was for Lockett. Yep, you were talking about it. I was afraid you were going to do it. <laughs> Did I say Lockett out loud? I don't know. I think you might have just kind of, uh, you know, I, I think you skipped over him actually. Well, yeah, but I looked at him, and, I, and, and that's when I when I went wait because I go I'm going to take Cook, and then I went wait. It was Lockett that I was looking at, so I knew he wouldn't make it back to me if I went uh, if I went there. But uh, by the way, guys, this is a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying everyone in the chat. I'm really enjoying that everyone did this. Um, if I pick on your team, eh, that's you know, part of being a podcaster, you know, grow up. No, just kidding. Um, no, but I really do appreciate everyone doing it. And uh, overall, it's been pretty pretty darn good. Uh, Brate, Alex Smith, my guy, Mike Wallace, thirteen eleven. So, and that's one of the dangers of live drafts. If you've been trending wide receivers late lately, they might not be there in a live draft. So, um, Waif is asking about, SFB, he hates his team. I really like my SFB team. I'm, I didn't think I would. I didn't prepare for it. But uh, who wants to hear my SFB team? <laughs> Let's see. We got a couple more points we want to get into the end. Here's my SFB team. Quarterbacks, uh, Mahomes, Roethlisberger, Tyrod Taylor, very happy with them. Running backs, I've got C.J. Anderson, Donta Foreman, Devonta Freeman, Jordan Howard, Mark Ingram, Darren Sproles. Wide receivers, Robbie Anderson, Kenny Galladay, uh, Alshon, Sanu, Traquan Smith, Mike Wallace, James Washington, Robert Woods, and I love my tight ends. I got Brait so late. I got Brait Cook. Jared Cook, uh, Kelsey was my first-round pick, and Jonu Smith. So uh, that's my uh, – well, any thoughts on my SFB team, Mike? I like it. I mean, I, I'm big on tight ends. I mean, I, I've been posting my team um, a bunch, and, you know, I, I went heavy on tight ends. I have Ertz, uh, Olsen, uh, Cook, and um, McDonald. And then I went with Russ Wilson and Drew Brees. Uh, you know, my big thing was I wanted two elite quarterbacks and two elite tight ends, and then I would work from there. That's uh, that's a pretty good strategy. I wanted actually was hoping to do Kelsey and Gronk, but uh, Benny Riccardi took Gronk, so that didn't happen. All right, let's get these last couple points on doing live drafts. Uh, we touched on it at this point a little bit. While the ADP on the site is a great improvement over years past, there's definitely value in having a cheat sheet that you cross off as you go during these drafts. So when you're on the clock with only a minute to make decisions, you're in a better position to make good picks. you agree, Mike? Yeah. I mean, one of the tabs that I always have open is the recent ADP for the last two weeks. Um, and it's really useful when you're trying to figure out, you know, who's going to be available, who's not, who's, who's been falling lately. Uh, you know, like right now I'm on the clock at 163. I can take a quick look and figure out who's going to be there in 15. Uh, you know, and, and I think that really helps. So, you know, be it a cheat sheet or having current ADP, um, anything like that is helpful. The more tools you have, uh, 
uh, the better. I mean, last year I used fantasy ADHD tools, and, you know, they were fantastic. Yep, does a great job. Best Ball Command Center, I, I mention them almost every draft. Mike Beers, it's like 30 or $40, I think, at this point of the season if you get a deal. Um, you get the Slack chat. You get all his tools, um, a lot of the tools I talked about. Uh, Mike, you're down to 14 seconds. Mike? Did we lose you, Mike? No, he picked Vance yep. McDonald. Yep, Vance uh, McDonald. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, it depends on your comfort level, but definitely, um, you know, keep your eye on, and ASJ just went, I would have taken him if he was there. I would have taken Vance possibly if he was there. Uh, three more picks to break my heart. And, um, <laughs> and, and of course, Tim will probably snipe Hooper on me. Uh, or the Minnesota defense, but uh, he's listening, so he won't do it, right? Won't do it. Won't do it. Don't do it. Um, or he could take Eifert. I, you know, Eifert, uh, at this point, Eifert as a third tight end is pretty damn uh, good, wouldn't you say? I'm really concerned that he may not get on the field this year. I, I mean, he is just, he terrifies me. He's just. He terrifies me, uh, but, you know, you only need three or four games in the 15th round. That's a good point. It's a good point. And, again, um, we talk about exposures and things of that nature, and Tyrell Williams went. That was the guy I really wanted. Blake Bortles I had no interest in. Tyrell would have been an auto pick for me. Uh, all right, so I got one, two, three, four wide receivers, and I need it. I could use a tight end. So... Godwin, Jordan, oh, I'll take Jordan Matthews. He's a little risky, but uh, I like Jordan Matthews. Let's see, I got Mahomes and Rivers. Are there anybody? Yeah, Tyrell would have been perfect, but uh, we'll go with Matthews as my wide receiver. My, and I'm going to take uh, it's, it's Eifert, Hooper, Seals Jones, and Watson. There's four tight ends. I would have been happy with any of them here. So that's what really sucks about that little wide receiver run. Um, I got let's some, let me look at my exposure on Eifert. Let me know when I get closed. I got 15% Eifert. I think that's enough. I've been meaning to take more Watson. I'm going to take Watson. Let me look at my buys: a four and a seven. Watson's a six. All right, so Watson's my second player. Thoughts on those picks? I, I don't love, love Jordan Matthews. I, I think Jordan Matthews, Matthews is a – I think he's a great – if he can stay healthy with Edelman out, I mean, he could he could get 100 catches. Yeah, I mean, let's realize, you know, his first two years, he had 67 for 872 and 8, and then 85 for 997 and 8. And then in 2016, which was his down year, 73 for 804 and 3. And then last year he was hurt all year. So, you know, this is a legit guy. This is a very talented player. This is a guy that, you know, came into the league and was putting up 200-plus fantasy points every year, you know, in a New England passing attack that just got rid of Cooks and really, other than Hogan, doesn't have anyone 
strong in the wide receiver position. I, I love him. In the 14th, you know, I like him more as a sixth wide receiver, not as a fifth. Um, but I took him, and I've, I'm up to 18% on him, um, which is I'm very happy with because if you know he's not going to kill me if he doesn't get on the field as a 15th round pick. If he's if his knees bothering him and he's playing okay, he doesn't kill me in the 15th round. And if he turned and he's got that upside. And that's why, like, when I look at uh, – my my deal with uh, the Patriots is I always want the guy who's being drafted last. Like, you could tell me that Chris Hogan is the guy, and I can't argue that, right? But Jordan Matthews going 10 rounds later could outscore Chris Hogan pretty easily, I think. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, last year I, I went to town on Sexy Rexy in the 16th, 17th, 18th. I had some Jeremy Hill early this year. I still I haven't been taking him lately, but he certainly is is viable. And uh, Eifert ended going fifteen four. Seals Jones right before him. Um, all and then Hooper at fifteen six. You knew all those guys were not going to last too long. They're all good values at that point. I mean, I love I, uh, I took Hooper as my three, and and I'm very happy with that. All right, one thing I haven't been doing on this draft, but um, that I typically do in live drafts uh, to be better prepared is whether you print out a form or not, I find it very helpful once I make my previous pick to count how many spots till my next pick and then write down who I, you know, who I have in my tiers. Um, so I might be 11 picks away and have eight guys on my next tier um, and then I, then you, you know, so you're ready for your pick. You, you start crossing off and, and you get ready. Um, so that's, that's, that's a tip that I will give everyone for live drafting, something that I do a lot of. Yeah, I so that, do the same. But I yeah, do go ahead, Mike. So I'll take, you know, if it's eight picks, like right now I've got eight guys in my queue. Um, you know, so instead of using pen and paper to cross them off, you know, basically when it gets to my pick, whoever's still in my queue, that's that's who I'm looking at. Yep, yep. Uh, next tip, and we got uh, two or three more uh, before we're done out of the ones that I wrote. Stay focused on roster construction. You've heard me talk about my roster construction throughout this whole draft. Um you want value, but you want you know it, you can take a different route uh, route to grandma's house, but you got to end up around grandma's house. Um, more than regular drafts, I try to pay attention to what my opponents are drafting and the flow of the draft and what positions might be slipping. Doing a podcast that slipped, uh, you know, today, but uh, I don't think me talking about the fact that I needed wide receivers helped me any. Uh, but that is a, a nice tip. And factor in the auto drafts. This is a neat one. Factor in the auto drafts and who's likely to go if you don't pick someone. So what, what does that mean? It means that you know who the auto drafters are going to take because they're up on the top of the, uh, the list. So if you like a guy and think, well, he's been going later, but his ADP is higher, um, if there's two auto-drafters and he's one of the first two names, he ain't going to make it back to you. So if you want your guy, take him 
um, and don't wait. So uh, th- that's it for me on tips, Mike. Any thoughts on those last couple? No, I completely agree with the auto drafting. Um, you know, it's really important to realize that, you know, when you have someone on auto, whoever's on the top of the list, they're going to go. Um, so if you like one of those guys, you need to you need to take them because it's not one of these things that maybe you'll get lucky and they'll fall. Like there's no way they will fall. So it's one of those things where it makes a lot of sense. Yep. Yep. And one of the things that's tough about, uh, you know, me on defenses, I put more thought into defenses than the most, than, than most guys. Uh, when you back to back picks, you got to really consider who might be there for your, you know, if you're a two defense guy, you really got to consider who, you know, if I'm picking at the 16, 17 turn, I'm not going to be again to the end of the 18th, first pick of the 19th. Uh, you know, I, 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 I almost am forced to take a defense with one of my next picks. Uh, Baltimore just went off the board. Spencer Ware, Peyton Barber, Eckler, Doug Martin, Chris Godwin at 16-3, good value. TJ Yeldon, 16-2 early. Wow, someone uh, took DeMarco. I guess uh, that guy in the corner has been auto-drafting, unfortunately. Uh, So even though we did this, we ended up with an auto-drafter, and his team is dead as a doornail. Uh, Bill uh, Powell, Michael Gallup, Chris Ivory. Ivory's really starting to make the move up with uh, Cortland Sutton. That's a little – I'm not much on him. Breda. New Orleans, Hooper. So that's that gets you caught back up. And I'm up next. So, I, boy, there's a couple really – I'm not a big three QB guy, but uh, Dalton's still on the board. I don't have any – oh, I, I don't have any uh, – no stacking. i got to see who else I really need. Let's see who Quantim takes. I mean, I'm a big fan of Dalton, uh, and he's somebody you can typically get in the 16th or 17th. Um, I also yeah, like he's Dan a super Hill. value here. He's a super value. Uh, yeah. Sproles just went. Um, uh, the guy I've been taking a ton of. Um, yep. All right. So I got to look at defense. Houston, Denver, Pittsburgh, Chicago. A lot of the defenses I like are there. Uh, wide receiver, we know I need one. One, two, three, four, five. So I really need a six. I just can't afford the luxury pick of a quarterback. Um, I, I guess I could and take three defenses later. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Moncrief. I think, you know, talking about the end of the 16th round. Uh, or, yeah. There's really no one else I love there. I guess I could take James Washington, but he's a luxury pick. All right, I took Moncrief. I don't love it. Uh, Quarterback, do I want Dalton or a defense? I want Dalton or a defense. So I got my three tight ends. I got Olsen, Cook, and Watson. That hurt me a little bit at wide receiver. Evans. Jeffrey Garcon. I got. A, I don't have any buys other than Matthews and Garcon, which doesn't hurt me bad. Moncrief and Jeffrey are buys. Yeah. What do I 
want a defense or another wide receiver or Dalton. Boy, this is tough. Dalton's such a good value. My quarterbacks are Rivers and Mahomes, good but not great. Ah, I'm going to sacrifice defense. I took Dalton. I, I think it's a great pick. Um, you know, I, we don't know what Mahomes is. Let's be honest. Well, I, I mean, I have plenty of teams with him with two, but Rivers is older and Mahomes. That's a little weaker than I would like. Plus Dalton, I just think Dalton's going to have a good year. I mean, I think he's a top 15 quarterback this year, and you're getting him – you know, when, when are we getting him? QB 26, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's insanity. It's it's just insanity. Uh, talk for a second. I'm going to cough. <clears throat> yeah, so I'm coming up now. Uh, right now I'm at four running backs, so I'd like another uh, six wide receivers, so I'd like another – Three tight ends, I'm done. Two solid QBs, I'm done. Um, so right now, I'm just basically looking best player available, uh, running back or wide receiver. Um, and for me, that is a guy who is really a tremendous value in the 17th and 18th round because he is going to be the wide receiver two on his team. Um, Christian Kirk. Kirk. I don't have much of him, but I I think that's – I don't think that offense is going to be great, but uh, I I think that that's a a good pick. It's a very solid pick. He's someone I probably should focus in more on. Uh, Tyrod, uh, who's 17th, is a little early for Tyrod, but uh, I took him in uh, SFB, but a lot of the reason is he doesn't throw a lot of picks. And that is a minus four pick, um, you know, six for a touchdown, minus four, um, and then minus two for pick six. So uh, a guy who doesn't throw a lot of picks and also runs is great for that format, gets you first downs. So I, I love, you know, I'm not against Tyrod, though, as a third quarterback. I took him once recently. So the draft is. Um, moving along, let's see. Uh, chat Joker saying that if he gets Fournette, he's going to go with Yeldon. That, that's not a bad stack. I'm more of a stack up guy. Um, and you know what? I like that. You know why? Because Yeldon can pay off value if Fournette is healthy. He's the third down back. They ran two to three backs last year. I mean, I, I haven't been drafting a ton of Fournette at ADP. Uh, because he, you know, I'm taking. I got so much Hopkins now, but uh, I can, uh, you know, handcuffs are okay. Um, I love the Ware one if you've got Hunt Ware because Ware, if if Ware's healthy, he's going to pay off that value easily. And if Hunt goes down and Ware's healthy, Ware is, you know, he's he could be a league winner. So uh, I like I like when I take Hunt, which isn't that often. I I definitely look to to, to put where in. Uh, any thoughts, Mike? Um, I actually am a big fan of Yeldon, um, with or without Fournette, especially with Fournette. Um, you know, Fournette has ankle issues. He was iffy a bunch of times last year. He missed some games. 
you know, like you said, Yeldon can pay off even without an injury. And with an injury, Yeldon could be an RB1 in that offense. You know, he can catch. He could be a full three-down back if Fournette goes down. Uh, so getting him in the 15th through 17th round, uh, with or without Fournette, I think is a great pick, uh, but especially if you have Fournette. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I'm going to have a decision here at the end. Do I take my seventh wide receiver because I need some help at wide receiver? Or do I take two defenses? I'm only going to take two defenses in this, uh, the way this is working out since I took a third quarterback and I got three tight ends. Um, You're on the board. I guess you're going to go defense here. No, I'm actually going to take one of my one of my favorite guys who's just who slips a lot and it's Buck Allen. I don't get Buck Allen, but okay. Every a lot of people are on him. A lot I mean a lot. I I I see him moving up the board lately, but I mean they've benched him so many times and they've got, you know, a couple backs there with Dixon coming back. Uh, yeah, but I, I guess I guess you're right. With Woodhead retiring, they uh, he probably is the guy. I probably should have put more thought into that one. I mean, he uh, had 40 last year, and with Woodhead gone, hmm? he had how many? 46 catches last year. I did not know that. You would think that I should. Yeah. Shame on me. And 45 in 2015. So with Woodhead gone. He is at least the third down back. And, you know, if Collins fizzles, he could be the guy. And in the 17th or 18th round, you're really not going to find a running back who has that kind of upside. Um, that is very, very interesting. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, Tim's saying that Buck's fighting for scraps, but the, he, if he's the third down back and he's catching 45 balls, he's going to pay off that spot. Um, that's that's fair. John Ross just went, Jeremy Hill, a lot of defenses. Vernon Davis, uh, let's see, did he, uh, or as I like to call him, Vermin Davis, and it's not even uh, with a guy with Reed, so that's interesting. Vernon Vernon really didn't play that well after Reed went down last year yet. It was it was weird. Um he was good and then, you know, every time Reed was out and then Reed went down for a few games, I played him in DFS and you know, it didn't go too well. So uh let's see. The good news for me is there's a bunch of good defenses I can take if I wanna take two. Let me just pull those up. One quick point on Davis, if you remember, Davis's kind of epic years were without Smith. Davis, say, say that again. I'm thinking about my pick. Davis's big years back in San Francisco were with Alex Smith. So if Reed goes That's down, there's a reason. That chemistry with Davis and Smith has been there for years. You All right, well, um, I took my Tennessee defense, and uh, uh, New England is there. They're a pretty good D, um, but I'm gonna, I, I think my wide receivers need it more. 
I'm going to go with uh, John Brown. I think John is a really good value. I haven't been taking a ton of them lately. I did early. Uh, John Brown's my seventh wide receiver. I, I think that you know he's the he profiles as the you know perfect best ball back uh, wide receiver. Uh, you know if he if he's healthy, he should be able to give you the three four games you need out of him. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of upside. I mean, I'm I'm not very high on him because I do worry about the the sickle cell injury the issue. Um, and, and I really don't know what's happening in Baltimore in regards to their receivers and their, even their quarterback. Uh, it's all it seems like that entire, that entire offense seems just chaotic. Um, but this late, he is a spiked week guy, you know, in the 19th round, if you get three spiked weeks, you're, you're good. So, I mean, I, I don't think there's much downside. Yep, and New England went uh, two picks later after Tavon Austin, who I've seen move up the board a lot after they just keep talking him up. But, you know, can talk up Tavon all you want. Uh, I mean, it is a change of scenery, but now you got both Jeff Fisher and the new coach who just basically didn't, couldn't, you know, it's not like he didn't play when Jeff Fisher was there. Um, he just didn't play well. Um, I don't know. I, I just... Uh, I don't know about Tavon. I'm pretty high on him. He was actually going to be my, my next pick. Um, Uh-oh. I think that if used properly, which it seems like Dallas wants to, um, he could do a lot. Um, you know, he's got speed. He can he can play kind of that hybrid running back, slot receiver kind of weird role, um, you know, and, and it's, Dallas needs – Playmakers. I mean, that offense is horrible. So if they can get him the ball ten times a game, and he can, you know, five or six carries, four catches, uh, you know, for the nineteenth round, there's there's a lot of upside there. I got to look at uh, this Spencer Ware thing because t- thanks Tim for posting it. I love Spencer Ware, and I mean, if he's healthy. He's he's the best value on the board. I mean, if he if we knew he was healthy, he'd be going in the eighth, ninth, tenth round, don't you think? I don't know. I mean, I I I love Hunt, and you know the fact that Reed has talked about getting him more involved in the passing game, even though he already has fifty two catches last year. You know, I, I just don't see where being much more than kind of a change of pace unless something happens to Hunt. Um, I, I think they're all in on Hunt. I think he was fantastic last year. I just I don't see where coming in and really taking away the job. I have 17% where. Here, here's my thought. Last year they had Hunt and they played on third down religiously. What's his name? Can't think of his name right now. Who's not very good. West. Yeah, West. And then when West went down, instead of really beefing up Hunt, they they gave the other Hunt, the Keem Hunt, you know, about a third of the of the uh, work. So my feeling is, if Ware's healthy, he's good for about a third of the work, no matter what. And then you know, and and what do you need to pay off a 19th round pick, 18th round pick, a third of the work in Kansas City? Yes, please. And then if Hunt does go down, boom. So that's why I like Ware. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, I can completely see that. I mean, again, kind of like the same thing with Buck Allen. You know, in the 18th or 19th round, you really don't need that much to return value. No, no. And but again, what what are we looking for? We're looking for guys late in drafts. You know, what I look for is a guy whose floor I can reasonably project to pay off his value, right? If Ware's, if Ware's healthy, he's going to pay off the 19th round. He's going to pay off the 13th round. You know, uh, I have no doubt in my mind that if he's healthy, he pays off the 13th round, maybe even higher. You know, last year, Hunt was going in the 10th and Ware was going in the 6th when Ware went down. Uh, sixth or seventh. So, you know, if Ware is healthy, he's going in the 11th, 12th round max. So you're getting an eight-round value or so because he's not healthy. If, you know, it, we don't know he's healthy. But what, I'm, what I want is a guy who can pay off his floor without anything happening but if something does happen, he moves into a role in a big offense. If something ha- – I mean, Hunt's a first-round pick. Uh, Ware was holding him off in camp last year and in preseason. So uh, it was close, but th- that's my thoughts on it. And you can tell we're at the end of the draft because we're spending 10 minutes on uh, Spencer Ware. Mike, you're making your last pick. Um and uh, let's see how many defense you got. Two defenses. You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, one, two, three, four, five running backs. Uh, there's nobody great left at running back. You got your three tight ends. You really could go with just best player position here. Yeah, and and for me that's Tannehill. I, I think there's a lot of upside for him this year. Yeah, hard to argue it. I'm I'm locked into a defense. Uh, there's still one I like. Uh, so, uh, well, there goes Arizona. So then, um, there's one I uh, and there's another one I could don't want to say too much with your with all your league makes. Cole Beasley, <laughs> Arizona, Tannehill, Ballage. I'm seeing Ballage go a lot. I'm more of a Gore guy. Uh, Washington, Green Bay, Geronimo Allison, he reminds me of uh, Adams a couple years ago, a guy who, you know, you kept staring at, never took, and then he went. Um, Ooh, the Niners defense made it back to me. I'm very pleased. So my play of taking John Brown worked because I might have taken Sanford back then. So, uh, finishing up with uh, Tennessee and San Francisco. Mike, any last thoughts? Guys, thank you for doing the live draft. It was a lot of fun. Uh, appreciate all of you for doing it. Live drafts are fun. Mike, any last thoughts? No, I think this was great. I think it was a lot of fun. I think the chat was great. I I, I'm, I apologize I didn't get a chance to kind of be more active in chat, um, but I, it was great reading everybody, you know, kind of being involved. Um, I just think this was a lot of fun, and I, I think even for those who weren't participating, who are just listening, I, uh, I think they got a lot of value. I think the, we kind of explained a lot of the inner workings of how to be successful in log drafts. Yeah, and uh, it, was, it was everything I hoped it would be. 
and um you know i i'm i'm used to multitasking so it you know i think i ended up with a pretty good team uh maybe not my best but uh i actually don't like the number 1 seed cuz i don't think Gurley's necessarily any better than bell johnson or elliot i think i have them all pretty close um so uh i'm pretty happy with my team your team looks let me see your team looks very good mike i like it thank you and uh, even though there were a couple picks I disagreed with, uh, I like how you put it all together. So that's going to do it, folks, for this week. Uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week.